welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me is a cat that turned into a human, Lily. That, that's me. Meow. <laughs> Meow. Well, this week we watched a very polarizing show, the Adult Swim anti-comedy classic, Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. Uh, what a show it is. It yes. is a great job. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the show. I find yeah. it awesome, but that wasn't always the case with people. Uh, it was Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim's live-action sketch comedy series. It was their second TV show for Cartoon Network's Adult Swim Block. Now, more specifically for this episode of the podcast, we watched the third episode of season one entitled Cats. It was directed by Tim and Eric, along with Jonathan Kreisel, uh, and written by Tim and Eric, along with Doug Lusenhop and John Mugar, and it aired on Adult Swim February 25th, 2007. Now, Tim and Eric's first series was the strangely animated cartoon Tom Goes to the Mayor. Uh, that featured Tim as the civic-minded Tom Peters and Eric as the mayor that Tom often pitches his ideas to. Now, have you ever seen that show, Lily? Uh, I have never seen that show. I only heard about it looking up information about Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. It's it's another strange show, but more of a cartoon they used a lot of photos of themselves, and they ran it through a uh, Photoshop kind of like photocopy filter. And okay. so uh, they were kind of white and blue, and their animation was very stilted. It was almost like looking at a slideshow of images for their movements. An another weird uh, show, but a, a show that I love. It's, it's very, very funny. And for a more detailed history of Tom Goes to the Mayor and Tim and Eric as a comedy duo, uh, please see our Tom Goes to the Mayor episode in our archives. Uh, that's probably our weirdest episode. My guests bailed on me, and I unfortunately <laughs> had to be my own guest for that one over the phone. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Uh, awesome Show made its debut on February 11th, 2007, and it ran until about May 2010. It spanned... 50 episodes, and they had one special. Pretty long run, even for a you know an adult swim program. Yeah, one that's so bizarre at that. <laughs> um, I was looking up the show, and a lot of the actors that they use... I mean, they do have big-name actors, as we'll see in mm. this episode, but also they would find people off of Craigslist <laughs> to just feed off of that amateur vibe, that awkward aura that's present throughout the entire show yep which to me is kind of genius <laughs> yeah definitely but also something i don't think i've heard of in anything else yeah they definitely did that a lot for extras and tom goes to the mayor and it carried over into this show with a lot of like you said awkwardness with the uh, amateur actors i mean even both of those guys are awkward <laughs> in themselves Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely thrive on those moments. Re they really defined this genre of weird anti-comedy. Yeah. Now, they, they actually had a few spin-off series from this show. Uh, there was a web-only series for Super Deluxe entitled Tim and Eric's Night Live, which featured a lot of characters and sketches and stuff from Awesome Show. There was a show called The New Big Ball with Neil Hamburger, and that was some sort of surreal game show uh, starring the stand-up comedian Neil Hamburger who is the alter ego of Greg Turkenton. Very, very funny guy. 
And uh, this was kind of a failed pilot, didn't really go past one episode. And their most famous spinoff was uh, Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule, starring John C. Riley as the inept Channel 5 news correspondent Dr. Steve Brule. And this show lasted for two seasons of six episodes each. Just is always very funny that they got, you know, such a big name actor like John C. Riley, who had yeah. so much fun in that role, and they, they did two seasons of a of a show with him in addition to all of his appearances on Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tim and Eric also had their own feature film entitled Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. They did uh, some touring stage shows, and they went on to produce other shows for Adult Swim like Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories, which is another just weird, surreal show. And Tim currently, as we record this, has a show on Adult Swim called Decker, kind of a spoof on the, you know, espionage genre, I guess. Interesting. Now, Awesome Show itself, it, it's kind of a spinoff from Tom Goes to the Mayor, as we talked about. They they used a lot of extras and uh, a lot of celebrity guests. Uh, the, there's some commonalities, like there's the married news team, Jan and Wayne Schuyler, who are played by Tim and Eric. Uh, they were characters on Tom Goes to the Mayor, and there's also references uh, to the Cinco Corporation in both of them. Tom and the Mayor actually make a cameo in one episode of uh, Awesome Show as well. And like I said, a lot of famous guest stars make appearances in both shows, and that's the case with this episode that we watched today. All four guest stars were guest stars in their own episodes of Tom Goes to the Mayor. Hmm. <laughs> now, as I said from the outset, this is a, a very polarizing show. Uh, this premiered the same week as the show called Saul of the Mole Men, and a lot of fans weren't too happy at Adult Swim for producing live-action content for what really was an animation block for about five years up to that point. So now all of a sudden fans are tuning in, they're getting these live-action shows, and, you know, it's airing technically on Adult Swim, but really this is Cartoon Network, and it's like live-action on Cartoon Network, and, you know, and it didn't help that Tim and Eric had such a weird and unique style. It, it almost is an acquired taste for some, so, yeah, a lot of fans did not like this show, especially at first. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing that The Office does, where not everybody's into that style of comedy, that, like, awkward, uncomfortable, situational comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this, yeah. I, I have a friend that was so upset with this show. He tells me, like, it wasn't even worth watching. He felt that the joke was being played on the viewers, that Tim and Eric were doing nonsense just to do nonsense, and that there was, you know, nothing behind it, and... Not worth his time at all. I had the opposite view. I, I thought it was, you know, pretty well calculated what they were doing. And some of their stuff, even though it looks like nonsense, is really, you know, spot on parodies of things we see in pop culture. I've always appreciated their humor going back to Tom Goes to the Mayor. But uh, yeah, well, so we'll, we'll see as we go along, Lily, how you feel about this show. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's get right into this. So we begin with a cold open on a commercial for the chain restaurant Gravy Robbers. I almost for a second thought that the show didn't start yet. <laughs> and I was just watching some of one of uh, Hulu's bizarre advertisements. <laughs> like, and then I realized, oh, okay, this is actually the show. <laughs> it, it is bizarre. And, and the idea of this fictional restaurant franchise was a carryover from Tom Goes to the Mayor. It's something that they came up with late in the process, and after the show ended, it's just an idea that was sitting there, so they decided to use it for Awesome Show. 
it it's an is an interesting concept. Yes. I mean, just the concept of drying a meat so that it needs more gravy is interesting to me. It seems less appetizing than if the gravy were on like a steak that was actually hydrated. Yes. But you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Gravy on a steak is pretty weird, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, grotesque food, you, you see that quite a bit in Tim and Eric's work. Uh, they had a, a restaurant on Tom Goes to the Mayor called Saucemans, and that was a restaurant only of sauces, and you have to bring your own meats. <laughs> so you could see where Gravy Robbers definitely comes along from that idea. And so we're immediately thrust into this ad featuring a gravy boat just pouring copious amounts of this disgusting brown gravy all over a row of plates. You know, gravy going everywhere. Well, we learn that it's award-winning gravy as a hand with long red fingernails is shown touching the gravy. Oh, that was... (laughs) (laughs) That was horrible. And that is the hand of the writer and producer John Mugar. And in voiceover, it's explained how the gravy is the perfect complement for Gravy Robber's array of kiln-dried meats. So not Kiln? A, yeah, kiln-dried. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no meat left in a kiln. Yeah, it's really dry. It's like pottery dry. <laughs> the announcer says, yeah, they've taken all the moisture out of the meat, so diners need lots of that wet gravy. Ugh. It just, you know, great camera work here. We get a, a piece of dried meat flying through these gooey streams of gravy. As they show a disgustingly sloppy plate of meat with gravy poured in reverse, we get the next part of this franchise's business model. It's explained that no good things come easy, and that's why they've hired professional gravy robbers to come and try to steal the gravy right off of diners' tables. <laughs> like your uncle that you bring out to eat sometimes you'll steal a fry or something (laughs) except he just steals the entire boat of gravy to who knows what with i don't know (laughs) (laughs) this this concept was just so hilarious to me that they had this restaurant with these terribly dried meats so much so that you need gravy but for fun there was going to be these guys dressed up as robbers that come around and try to steal the gravy off your table. Like, that's all just part of the fun of going there. (laughs) And the whole name of the restaurant is a pun on grave robbers, which is just a a whole terrible idea to begin with. (laughs) Gravy robbers. (laughs) Now, we also see in this commercial that the professional gravy robbers are these older, sad-looking men in very cartoony-looking burglar costumes. Yeah, I'd like to know their story. Why is this gravy so important to them? Or are they simply hired by the restaurant to do this job? Oh, yeah, it's all by the restaurant. This is a a theme restaurant with these terrible robbers. (laughs) I'm sure they still have interesting stories. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Craigslist, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) There's also a brief customer testimonial where a customer curses at these fictional gravy robbers. (laughs) Thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) The commercial then cuts to an exterior shot of the very sad-looking building, and superimposed on the image, we read that they are currently hiring managers, slop cooks, and gravy robbers. Slop cook. (laughs) I would not eat at any establishment that (laughs) labels their employees as slop cooks. (laughs) Uh, We also get a slop cooking show at some point in the series. (laughs) 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Now, it, it finishes with the Gravy Robbers slogan, which is, because there ain't no sheriff here at Gravy Robbers. <laughs> which is so weird. So now from here, we cut to Tim and Eric themselves sitting on director's chairs on a kind of like a cheap public access looking soundstage as uh, this upbeat elevator style music plays. And uh, here we also get a lot of cheap in-camera style video effects, which they're also, you know, quite famous for. Yeah, very cheesy, over-the-top, <laughs> unnecessary effects. Yes. And this is like a double cold open for the episode. They actually, yeah. they do this a couple of times in the series. They're, hi, we're <laughs> Tim and Eric, and this is our show. I'm like, what? Okay, I get it. Now that the silly ad's over, they're going to have some sort of plot, some sort of something. This episode, as we go along, this episode has a little more plot than others, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> so uh, after some introductions and, of course, awkward banter, Tim reveals to Eric that he picked up a new magic trick over the weekend. And you know, Eric asks to see it, and so, you know, Tim obliges, he closes his eyes, he concentrates, and all of a sudden, Tim blinks out of existence, and in his place sits an orange cat. I don't know why I expected something normal to happen. <laughs> I should have anticipated the cat transformation, but I didn't. Yeah. And I laughed pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is pretty impressed here, and he claps, and as quickly as Tim left, he comes back laughing and, you know, saying, ta-da! And Eric wants to know how he did it, and as Tim begins to explain how the trick is done, he accidentally switches back to being an orange cat. And very briefly, for a split second, Tim reappears only in his underwear, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I believe he reappears twice. Once normal-sized and another time tiny. Yeah, tiny cat-sized screaming Tim. <laughs> <laughs> in his underwear. <laughs> so, Eric tries to talk to the cat, but the cat seems pretty distracted by the set and the lights, really not paying attention to Eric. Can't blame the cat. No, of course not. So as the cat jumps down from the director's chair, Eric kind of awkwardly smiles to camera and he, he kind of calls for help off camera to somebody named Ben. <laughs> and from this, we abruptly cut to the crazy Tim and Eric awesome show great job title sequence. Now, Lily, how would you describe this opening sequence? There's a lot of tongue <laughs> and gore and they're... I don't know. There were cats, like, making out at one point. <laughs> um, they're, like, floating in space, too. It's, like, a bunch of cutout, or I guess, just pictures of different things floating around in space. It's insanity. A lot of, yeah, definitely insane. A lot of stock image work here. A panoply of cheesy computer graphics. A neon blue grid, starbursts. We see the heads of Tim and Eric. They turn to one another and stick out their tongues, and then zooming in on the tongues, there's Tim and Eric dancing crazily in red jumpsuits, stock images of a fax machine, a hot dog, <laughs> two cats touching tongues, like you are saying, and then this is replaced by Tim and Eric's heads bursting apart piece by piece until there's nothing but flaming raw hamburger meat and cat heads coming from it. <laughs> Finally, streaking in with rainbows, we get the show of the title, Tim and Eric Awesome Show, and the words, great job, being written and read aloud below it. Crazy, that crazy frenetic Tim and Eric style. Yeah, I, it's like something of a nightmare. <laughs> it really is. And when you get that music, it's almost like, it almost reminds me of like an Entertainment Tonight, kind of like weird syndicated entertainment show from the 90s, that kind of music. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. That pretty much hits a nail on the head. 
That's what it seems like. But now the music for this segment, as well as most of the music for the entire show, was created by a man named Davin Wood. And I, I go into it in our Tom Goes to the Mayor episode, but Davin Wood was a musician that reached out to Tim and Eric on their website in the early days of their work, and they liked what they heard, and they brought him on and worked with them ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and Davin Wood and Tim Heidecker have even released an album together under the name Heidecker and Wood. <laughs> You know, Tim does a lot of silly stuff, but he's actually a pretty good musician. What instrument does he play? I think he might play guitar. I, I know he's definitely a vocalist. That's awesome. I'll actually have to look into that. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a silly show, but Tim and Eric are very talented. I believe it. <laughs> I mean, it is a silly show, but it's not entirely spontaneous. No. So... We move forward. The The title sequence ends, and we open on a Channel 5 kid break. <laughs> now, this is evidently some sort of public service announcement geared towards kids like channels used to do back in the day. It, it basically, it, you know, the, those things, I don't know, did you ever see those growing up, Lily? Where they, they would try to, like, teach kids a lesson about nutrition or exercise yeah. or something? Absolutely. We had to make them in the seventh grade. Oh, wow. Make our own PSA. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> well, here the message is a little different in this Channel 5 PSA. We see Tim and Eric dressed in what I can only describe as like 90s kids clothes. Yeah. And Tim has like a little bit of rouge going on on his face. And uh, <laughs> Eric is wearing, like, a blank hockey jersey. It looks like an early 2000s Vancouver Canucks jersey without the logo. They're dancing like crazy to the beat of some generic dance music in front of these cartoon bathroom backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut to Tim sitting on the toilet, rapping the words, I sit down when I pee, there's nothing that crazy about me. <laughs> Going on and on. Just a weird, weird segment. I don't know what the message would be from this particular PSA. <laughs> I don't know if it's showing support for men who sit down when they pee or <laughs> if it's just Tim just oversharing. Um, it definitely falls into the TMI category. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very weird. Uh, Tim goes on and on and, and raps to the confused and breakdancing Eric that, you know, he's making lemonade, not iced tea, and so on and so on. <laughs> this whole sequence takes an even weirder turn when Tim and Eric go into a dance break, and at the bottom of the screen, we read the words, Paid for by Voter Initiative Prop 216. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this was some sort of paid political advertisement as well? Like, it just, it absolutely makes no sense, and for many of these segments, that's kind of part of what makes it so funny. Yeah, just the crazy, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, this is, this is good we're getting into it, Lily, because I, I know that you haven't seen this episode before, so I definitely want to get your thoughts as we go along here. Okay. <laughs> I think that actually might be my favorite part of the whole episode. I'm not above poop jokes, so... Yeah. It was it was funny. Yeah. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it, I found it funny, too. It Very weird... You know, just, again, no point to it, but that's kind of the joke. Yeah. And, and yeah. just a side note for Tim and Eric fans, you know, the cartoon background that Eric was in front of, that, that cartoon-ish looking bathroom in the background, that was also used for a couple episodes of Tom Goes to the Mayor. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the art department had made those, you know, those fake tiles, those fake stalls. And so, you know, you, they have all of these still. And so that's what they use there. So the Channel 5 Kid Break ends with Tim dancing while sitting on the toilet, throwing a bunch of toilet paper at the camera. And from here, we briefly cut back to the set where Eric is now holding and petting the Tim cat, uh, gently urging the cat to turn back to Tim, but it just isn't happening. If I was in Eric's position and my best friend just turned into a cat, I think I would be far less composed than he was. <laughs> and I would feel slightly awkward about petting the cat. That's like a breach of personal space. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But, you know, Eric's trying to put on a brave face for the cameras, and <laughs> I guess trying to, you know, the show must go on, so he's trying to keep everything calm. <laughs> now, in the DVD commentary for this episode, Eric, while he praises the cat for being professional... He also mentions that this cat really smelled like poop. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> so now seeing that nothing is really happening except for the cat purring, the show cuts to the next segment, which is tape number 288 of the Gravy Robbers, I guess this is like an employee orientation program, entitled Snatch the Gravy Up. Robbing techniques. And so from here, we are introduced to the character Terry Green. T-A-I-R-Y. Terry. Uh, played by Zach Galifianakis. And Terry is casually sitting on the edge of a desk, which is really kind of a table that they made to look like a desk. Uh, saying that he too was once about to become a gravy robber back in the good old days. An interesting point about this segment is Zach Galifianakis actually taped his part of the segment in New York City because he refused to fly to LA <laughs> where the rest of the show was taped. Yeah, so you're familiar with Zach Galifianakis, right? Oh yeah, of course. So like Zach has worked with them going back to Tom Goes to the Mayor where he played a, a reoccurring doctor. And so yeah, on this show he plays a reoccurring actor. I guess he's an actor that's used for different things and his name is Terry Green. <laughs> I was surprised to see him in this. I would say that there were three notable actors in this, at least to me, yeah. besides Tim and Eric. Three notable actors that played a part in this bizarre sketch comedy show. <laughs> You're right. We have three big guest stars and a fourth one in voice only, but I'll, I'll get to that. Gotcha. So you'll also notice that there's kind of a blue grid background that kind of frames this video. And uh, that was actually inspired by an instructional video that they saw for a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So they're really paying attention to details and making it look authentic. Like this is really something that would look like a VHS tape that you'd probably have to watch at employee orientation or for some sort of instruction. You know, it's just the, the little details really make this so great. Yeah, especially how they're manipulating or really m making fun of the two different camera angles. Yes. Where Terry Green's like always looking at the wrong one or obviously acknowledging the fact that there are two different things he has to be looking at. <laughs> and the cuts between them are just so bad. And then the editing in between the segments is just stereotypical and over the top. Yes. And they, they have a little fun with the editing, as they usually do in this show. Uh, Terry, you know, like I mentioned, he talked about how he was going to become a gravy robber back in the good old days, and he begins to chuckle. And then we hear that chuckle get kind of edited and looped really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, he just kind of sits there as it's playing until the moment becomes, of course, awkward. <laughs> 
So as Terry Green here explains uh, what a gravy robber must do, we briefly cut to a room where we see three men in robber costumes that are just kind of sitting on folding chairs and watching this instructional video on a tiny TV. Looks about right <laughs> for any employee instructional training thing, orientation thing. <laughs> Now we cut back to Terry and we see him dipping his finger into a gravy boat full of that award-winning gravy and licking his finger. Gross. <laughs> and basically he tells them their job is to try to steal as much gravy from the customers as they can. It's just such a weird concept for a restaurant. Yeah, and the fact that they expanded on it throughout the episode. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of the like grotesque food shtick thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's so off-putting to me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we get a lot of that, as I mentioned, and Tom goes to the mayor. There's scenes where, you know, hands are squeezing serving trays full of cocktail wieners and shampoo. You know, it's just disgusting Ugh. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's really Ugh. bad. <laughs> it makes me think of the popular YouTube channel Epic Mealtime where they just do everything absolutely over the top with bacon. They'll, like, make a 30-pound hamburger <laughs> with the patties, like, I don't know, like six feet in diameter or something <laughs> ridiculous. It's definitely twisting something appetizing and just making it absolutely grotesque. So Terry tells the robbers that they must be in peak physical condition. Uh, they must learn various things like crouching, lingering, hovering, and creeping up on customers. Just terrible. It, uh, as he says this, we see Terry taking a nap, crouching, rolling on the floor. The video now cuts to the words, stop tape now. Try practicing your own crouching techniques. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And, and I like, we, we cut back to those costume men sitting in the room and one of them just gets up and leaves. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of those educational videos that I would watch in middle school or high school, and it would be like, stop to answer the following questions. Yep. Just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, from here, we cut to a new segment. Here, Adult Swim executive Matt Harrigan is trying to reason with Tim Cat, as they're officially calling him right now, uh, <laughs> while he is stuck in cat form. And so we see that in Tim and Eric's offices, Tim Cat is just sitting on the coffee table while Eric tries to explain the situation over a speakerphone. Pretty hilarious. I wonder, do you know, he was probably in on the whole thing. They didn't just call him and were like, Tim is a cat. Uh, no, yeah, this was, yeah, definitely he was part of this. I think maybe that would have been interesting if they had just called him to say, <laughs> to see what would have happened organically. <laughs> Who knows, they might have. They might have done both and just used the best take. Oh, yeah, that's true. But as we go through this, we see Matt Harrigan having a kind of a hard time understanding, asking, you know, is Tim in some sort of cat suit? What are you talking about? Uh, Eric clarifies that, no, he's a pet cat, like an orange pet cat. And that, I guess, was enough to get him to understand because Matt calls out, you know, come here, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Come here, poop, 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 poop. And then just this bizarre <laughs> crap. Yeah, yeah, it changes, doesn't it? Yeah, it's this weird, like, stock image cat poop and litter box animation where there's just <laughs> cat poop flying into the litter box. With Matt Harrigan saying poop, 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 set to a beat yep. in the background. And of course, along with the poop, we get a little screaming Tim in his underwear falling into of the course. litter box as well. We have to. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense. <laughs> 
And they've always had fun with this type of stock image nonsense, along with some, you know, PowerPoint-style animation. It's really become a hallmark of Tim and Eric's shows. Yeah, I mean, it was funny, so (laughs) (laughs) whatever works. Now, from this strange moment, we cut to a scene of Tim out on Hollywood Boulevard, shouting an offer to draw free portraits to passers-by. Oh, God. What did he have smeared all over his mouth? Chocolate. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he's wearing glasses, got chocolate all over his mouth, going, anybody want a free portrait? And uh, this segment, we learn, is is called Portrait of an Artist. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is one of the few times they've actually done an outdoor shoot like this. You know, it, it, it had become a problem, I guess, with audio and stuff, so they really kind of shied away from it later on. Uh, in the DVD commentary, Tim mentioned that the shoot was going so poorly that finally he just asked for some chocolate on the spot so he could smear it around his mouth, hoping that that would somehow put some life into the segment. <laughs> just wanted to make it weirder and more awkward because some of the segment we see he doesn't have chocolate and some that he does but yeah there are two favorite moments i have of this particular (laughs) shoot one where you get the tim wedgie (laughs) the second one is where he says i've never drawn a man before and then the dude points to his like advertising he's like that's that's a man right there he's like oh that's a boy I can draw boys. <laughs> I love that. That was great. <laughs> it's just, it's basically like how you see a lot of times in these tourist areas where people get their pictures drawn by these portrait sketch artists, you know, that you sit there and you pose for them for about 10 minutes and they draw a sketch of you, you know, riding a dune buggy or with a crazy hat or playing golf, whatever your hobby is. So, you know, here's a guy offering one for free. So people were like, sure. You know, I'm on vacation yeah. in California, walking around Hollywood. Why not? Of course. They notice right away something is wrong because, you know, Tim is interacting with these volunteers asking if they want eyes, saying like, oh, I forgot the nose. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's one point here where he asks a guy without glasses if he wants to be drawn with glasses because he already started a lens. <laughs> It, oh my god w- one of them he's just drawing on his lap you can see what he's drawing he's got a yellow colored pencil in one hand a red colored pencil in the other and he's just drawing with them both at the same time like there is yeah. nothing anything resembling art going on right now it, it, yeah uh, there's i mean what, what can they expect it's free yeah they were on a show a tv show so that's true although i have a feeling they did not know this was tim heidecker Probably not. <laughs> and I love there's there's one great moment here where they cut and he's just looking down and screaming at the top of his lungs for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of screaming Tim in this episode. Yes. Yeah, there certainly is. And I oh I also like I wrote this down in my notes where he's like, You only have one mouth, so I'll just do one mouth like <laughs> casually talking as he's drawing. <laughs> so it, it finishes with Tim putting the the last touches on a terrible drawing of a girl named Tasha. And we know that her name is Tasha because Tim drew it in an oval on the forehead. It, yeah. <laughs> the character is also, uh, the character also has like this little word bubble that says, I love you, Terry? Question mark? It makes no sense. And she asks, who's that supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, from here, the frame pauses in black and white, and we see the words, Great job, written on the screen, along with the voice of Bob Odenkirk saying, Great job. Ah, the fourth 
a non-present celebrity yes. guest. Formerly of Mr. Show, people know him probably best now from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Bob Odenkirk really helped him and Eric get their big break. I, I go into it on our Tom Goes the Mayor episode, but he, you know, he was one of these uh, comedians that Tim and Eric always admired, and they sent him a DVD of some of their, you know, short film work, and he loved it and really helped them get started. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and now he makes cameos in various episodes of their shows. Uh, you know, he was on Tom Goes the Mayor, he's on this quite a bit, and he's credited as a creative consultant on Awesome Show. There's a lot of stories like that regarding Tim and Eric, like their music dude. Yeah. Um, which is good. It shows it's not as impossible as you might think to connect with somebody that you admire and to do something with your passions. Yeah, definitely. The worst that can happen is they can say no or nothing at all, <laughs> you know? Or nothing at all, yeah. You could be completely ignored. Yeah. <laughs> so, reach for the stars. And also, this saying of great job at some point during the show, this is kind of a running gag throughout the series as well. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, at some point, they'll always pause and someone will say, great job. <laughs> so next, we cut to a commercial for an all-new fall series on the Channel 5 network. And this is a new show starring Michael Sarah. Ah, uh, Yes. <laughs> I was very surprised to see Michael Sarah in this too. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Sarah is also in one of my favorite episodes of Tom Goes to the Mayor about starch. Tom had to go undercover into his stepson's high school to uh, find out more about what was happening with the starch being served in the cafeteria. And he gets befriended by uh, a juvenile delinquent played by Michael Sarah. So it's pretty funny to see him again working with Tim and Eric. <laughs> I can't imagine Michael Sarah playing a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's like always nerdy, does well in school. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and also <laughs> I, I should mention here this commercial. Well, Tim was away shooting that gravy robber segment. Like you mentioned, Zach wouldn't travel. So Tim had to fly to New York. So Eric stayed behind in California and shot this commercial with Michael Sarah at the house of the show's editor, Doug Lusenhop. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, They split up and they used that time for this interesting so in this segment we see a car park in a suburban neighborhood and we see michael sarah get out along with his backpack and he walks to the front door of a house and we get this really you know sappy music and then the narrator tells us that channel five thursdays are about to get even more tender <laughs> that's weird in voiceover as he enters the house michael sarah says my name is jamie stevens and i just finished my summer abroad but it's good to be back home Something wonderful happened to me while I was away. I just hope my two big brothers understand. And as this you know, sentimental music plays, we see two very large men, who are twins, run up from setting a table to hug and nuzzle their returning brother. <laughs> yeah, this was bizarre. <laughs> these two guys, these big guys, are uh, Donald and Pat Jankowitz is their name. And I guess... The younger brother of these twins was an extra on some episode of Tom Goes to the Mayor. So that's how they became aware of them. Oh, so I guess okay. they were like, we got to use these guys for something. So, and, and the brother on the right, if you watch this episode, when they, when they hug Michael Sarah, he's wearing this uh, Christmas sweater that Eric originally bought for his father, I guess kind of last minute, off the streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> but as Eric says in the DVD commentary, somehow it made its way to California. <laughs> so he gave it to this guy. <laughs> That's awesome. And so as this long hug session continues, it goes on for a while. 
The uh, credits tell us that the twin brothers Don and Steve Stevens are played by Gordon Kelston Sandalwood. And of course, Michael Sarah as their brother, Jamie. Yeah, just absolutely bizarre. <laughs> it goes from hugging and nuzzling to them just like lifting him up, hoisting him in the air, moving him around. <laughs> yeah, as he's like, I love my brothers, as they're like manhandling him. <laughs> and you can see his face like emotionless, and serious, like as he's just being jostled around by these two giants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we hear uh, Michael Sarah's character, Jamie, continue. These are my brothers, Don and Steve. They raised me after my parents died in the big wreck. I love them very much. Of course. Just the big The big wreck. wreck. <laughs> <laughs> the band from the 90s? I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we next cut to Jamie, Don, and Steve now sitting at the table for dinner with their hands joined. And we cut to them laughing and drinking wine. Which in the DVD commentary they pointed out, Michael Sarah was 19. He was not drinking any of this wine. Yeah, I was curious, because I know he's young at that particular time. Tim was like, yeah, we could have gotten prop wine if we really cared. <laughs> but the situation now becomes serious as Jamie now says, Brothers, I have something special to show you. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets up, he stands up on his chair in the dining room, and the Channel 5 announcer says, from the magicians who brought you Slingers and Slingers 2, Slingdingers on Patrol, and the wizards behind the genius of 4D technology. And, and now we, we cut to Jamie, and we begin to see his transformation. Into... Yeah, a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we zoom in on his face, and he has, like, a cat's ears kind of sprout up, and, like, the eyes and the nose are very clumsily superimposed on his face. It looks like a bad Snapchat filter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then his entire body glows this bright yellow and he transforms into a cat with these cheesy sparkling effects. And the announcer continues, The Donnington Group in association with the Sandalwood Brothers presents a new kind of drama, Kitty Cat Man. <laughs> Adorable. Uh, we, we cut to the two twin brothers holding the cat that their brother has transformed into as we get the additional credit and introducing David. That's the, the name of the cat. <laughs> and as the sappy music continues, we get the Channel 5 logo on the screen, along with the words, Thursdays this fall. And we fade to black. I would watch it. Would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they took this from a real promo from a real show. I mean, this is something you would see definitely on, you know, CW. Yeah. Some sort of something. stupid drama. Yeah. Oh, and also I should mention too, the they mention the Donnington group very briefly in this. That is a reference yes. to the Tom Goes to the Mayor episode Glass Eyes, which this huge scheme to raise donations for Glass Eyes was done by the mysterious Donnington group. And uh, yeah, so if, if you want a full breakdown of the episode Glass Eyes, please see my Tom Goes to the Mayor episode in our archives. So from here, we fade into another weird moment. Uh, there's some sort of bright, sparkling vortex, stock photos of screaming people whizzing by. <laughs> yeah. And also screaming through this vortex, we see the tiny Tim Heidecker and, you know, his boxer briefs. Of course. It's, it's weird. It's like, are we seeing Tim's journey as he switches bodies with this cat or something? Is, is that kind of what's being represented here? I never even thought of that. But that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you see this 
kind of commonality here, the yellow glow. You know, when, when Michael Sarah turns into a cat in this show, he also gets that yellow glow. So, I don't know, maybe this is all somewhat connected. I'll, I like your theory. I'll go with that. When a, when a human turns into a cat, there's always a yellow sparkling glow <laughs> and a vortex. So at the very end of this, stopping in front of the camera, we see a stock image of a, a very whimsical mustachioed gentleman holding two bells. And he's kind of just animated at the wrists to play a song with the bells. And we zoom in on his face to see him wink. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Your thoughts, Lily? That was creepy. That was pretty creepy. <laughs> now, Tim Heidecker claims that this was a very big hit with Bob Odenkirk's kids. They, they were cracking up. Yeah, I mean, it was hilarious. You know, like in the DVD commentary when I was listening to this, when they came up to this point, Tim Heidecker also said that he feels like it was almost designed for cats. Like, that segment was just for cats. Like, really something to get their attention. <laughs> So from this strange moment, uh, we get a blue grid kind of crisscrossing across the screen, uh, transitioning us back to the Gravy Robbers instructional video series. And this time we are seeing tape number 289, entitled Bonus Features, which really is an odd concept for employee training tapes. Yeah, at Best Buy, let me tell you, there were no training tape bloopers. <laughs> Would have made my experience far more enjoyable. Yes, I, I can imagine. I mean, it's it's bad enough to be instructed by this corporate video series, but then where they make you watch the bonus features, all these bloopers and everything, it's just, it's a hilarious idea. Yeah. <laughs> so we immediately open on Terry Green taking a refreshing sip from the gravy boat on the table next to him. Disgusting. It's terrible. Ugh. Zach Alphanakis goes all out in this. Yeah, I mean... There's just gravy hanging off of his beard. <laughs> yeah, when he turns Dis to camera, introduces himself, it's like all over his mustache and beard. Disgusting. <laughs> a cartoon gravy robber then descends into frame, holding a, you know, like an old-timey clapperboard, and ending the scene with a whistle and horn effect. Of course. So this is like the blooper reel, which I guess the gravy robber's executives thought was just too good not to include as a bonus feature. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lily, this is a little bit too before your time, but having this little cartoon man along with the bloopers, this is a parody of the 80s series called TV's Bloopers and Practical Jokes. Really? Yeah, this was a show starring Dick Clark and Ed McMahon, and it featured blooper reel footage from various shows that were currently airing uh, with these little cartoon transitions in between. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds like a good show idea. It wasn't bad. You know, it was popular at the time. And, and it, it always featured a practical joke being played on a celebrity. It's almost like a precursor to punk, you know? <laughs> where you'd get them following the celebrity really doing a lot of work to play a practical joke. I just remember, yeah. like, Jason Bateman was one of them. Oh, no. Yeah, when I was younger, <laughs> I remember that. And it lasted for a pretty long time. And then I think they even brought it back for, like, a year in syndication when, like, Dean Cain was the host. But it, it certainly didn't match the popularity. But yeah, that was uh, that's exactly what this is making fun of. And you could see how it would definitely be lost on a lot of people, especially younger viewers who weren't around for such a show. Yeah, I was just appreciating Zach Galifianakis. Because, you know, we cut to our next clip and Terry is having some sort of breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> He's lying on the floor talking about getting the gravy and stuff. <laughs> 
And the the blooper isn't the massive breakdown he's having. The blooper is he like gets up and he accidentally hits his head on the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the the next clip features Terry having some trouble, I guess, communicating with the stage crew. He's complaining about chatter, which they hear as cheddar. But then Terry seems genuinely interested in having some cheddar and asking if there's some on set. Kind of a weird, I mean, weird moment. Who doesn't love cheddar cheese? Mm. Can't. I I, uh, I don't blame Terry. <laughs> uh, we get a, a couple of quick clips with Terry reciting and messing up lines, then a clip where he's on a private phone call. This is all just kind of like they let the camera run and Zach Galifianakis could improvise anything he wants. And this scene always <laughs> cracked me up because he's on his cell phone. He's, you know, talking. He's ha He's laughing. He seems happily surprised about something, and he's chuckling, but he ends the call by saying, you know, oh, that's weird. That's weird. All right, but I'll, I'll call you back. And then he hangs up and just kind of says, huh, his niece was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> just bizarre. <laughs> uh, and it, it finishes strong, too, because in our final clip, Terry dips a comb into the gravy boat and uses it to comb his hair and beard. Ugh. Vomit. <laughs> and the frame then pauses and turns sepia-toned, and then written on the screen, kind of like an inscription, we read, Keep Robin, Terry Green. <laughs> Keep Robin. <laughs> we fade to black. And like I said, Terry Green is kind of a reoccurring character. There's even an episode later on in the series where people could buy the Green Machine, which is a huge vending machine-sized box that you can install in your house to watch Terry Green clips right in your own home. <laughs> and not to give anything away, it does quite a bit of bodily harm in that episode. Oh no. <laughs> of course. Of course. So we next fade in on a cat for sale flyer stapled to a telephone pole. It features a picture of the orange Tim cat with Tim in quotes underneath. Uh, on the flyer we see that Eric wrote, cat for sale, orange, likes to purr, sits on lap, almost house trained with almost written very tiny. <laughs> Cute. $5 or best offer, and then, of course, you know, like a fake email address. Wow. I mean, sounds like a great deal. Five bucks, sure. If you go to the SPCA around here, it's like 75 bucks for a cat, so. Yeah. I mean, the circumstances surrounding Tim Cat are different. Y but. Very much so. Yeah, you, you kind of get what you pay for here, as we'll see. <laughs> so, from here we cut to a scene of Eric walking down... Uh, this apartment building hallway, holding a pet carrying case and knocking on a door. And strangely, at the bottom of the screen, we are told that this is a reenactment using actual actors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand. I was like, okay, so it's still the same people. <laughs> <laughs> so an elderly lady in a robe answers the door, and we learn that she has answered Eric's ad. And Eric tells her that he's a really good boy, but he just can't care for him anymore. The lady asks what the cat's name is, and the camera slowly pushes in on Eric as he says, It's Tim. He used to be my best friend. <laughs> With just the worst fake cry <laughs> you've ever seen. <laughs> and then we flash to a montage of Tim and Eric having fun in a park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like actual footage at the bottom or something. Yes, this is actual footage, not the reenactment we just were in the middle of. Yeah. <laughs> And for Tim and Eric, having fun together is basically laughing, sitting in a tree, dancing around in the leaves. 
taking enormous gulps of bubbler water and spitting it out all over the place. <laughs> In fairness, if I had to drink that, I probably would spit it out too. I guess that's true. Weird park water fountain. <laughs> it's probably tastes exactly like chlorine. <laughs> and uh, throughout this footage, we get in a terribly annoying dance song that, you know, like, he's my best friend, my very best friend. <laughs> yeah. There's even a lyric, because I, I put on the subtitles for it. There's a lyric that goes, dilly, 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 put him in the fridge, you silly. What? <laughs> it almost reminds me of, like, remember that song Barbie Girl by that band Aqua? Oh, yeah, I think it's, so. It sounds like that, if you know, to kind of paint a picture of what we're dealing with here. Yeah. So we flash back to Eric, who's just, you know, bawling his eyes out, crying after reminiscing about these good times, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and something shocking next happens. Tim Cat reappears as Tim, screaming and naked still. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he lost his boxer briefs, evidently, in the vortex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the vortex. But fortunately, he is posed in a suitable way for television. And there's just, like, pieces of the pink carrying case all over him. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Eric's all excited to see that Tim's back. And Tim is now, like, just holding his head and screaming, moaning in pain, and, like, retching. <laughs> yeah. And here's this old lady just looking down in concern, like, what in the world is happening? Yeah, I thought I was buying a cat, and the cat has transformed into a naked man <laughs> for $5. Uh, so, just when you think this is probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen, it continues. And from here, we fade to <laughs> a scene of a lovely meadow. <laughs> and if you notice, there's a butterfly that kind of just moves across frame without even being animated. <laughs> evidently they were going to animate it but i guess just it looked so funny that way they kept it in this is just the most bizarre thing i think that i've ever seen in my whole life they're like singing a song together moving their arms like they're walking but their legs are cartoon animated <laughs> legs yes just why <laughs> i don't even remember what the lyrics of the song was i just remember trying to figure out why they had cartoon legs, and then Tim's like, oh, I've got one more trick. And then they've got really, really enormously tall legs that are skinny and scrawny and <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> yeah, the the lyrics that they're singing to this very, very happy song, it, it's actually, believe it or not, this, this scene is really made to wrap up the entire story. <laughs> Tim is singing about how he's happy that he's no longer a cat, you know, and just has this new trick to replace it, and how Eric does not want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, I can't blame him. And uh, you'll notice, too, here when you watch it, that Eric is keeping his neck at, like, this weird, uncomfortable angle, the like, the entire time. Yeah. So I, I always thought, watching this, that this was just another weird acting choice by this duo. But it was really, I learned this in the DVD commentary, it was because the lights from the set kept reflecting off of Eric's lenses. <laughs> So they kept telling him, like, no, move, move a little bit this way, a little bit this way. So finally, he just had to, like, crank his neck to such a weird angle. And so that's how he had to keep it. Like, he had a broken neck the entire time. Oh, my God. That sounds like the worst. <laughs> but, yeah, Tim performs this new trick anyway. He's like, watch me! And becomes super <laughs> tall. His animated legs stretch skyward. And then, for some reason, Eric does it, too. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense. They just extend towards the sun. 
And live happily ever after, not as cats. Yeah, well, it's not happily ever after in this case. Uh, well, <laughs> for some people, anyway. <laughs> now we see both Tim and Eric above the clouds, you know, just the beautiful sky and the sun and a rainbow, and they're, they're walking with these extremely long legs. It was great, you know, a little animation here on these legs. And they continue singing their song, but now the lyrics have changed to about how long their legs are. <laughs> At one point, Tim asks Eric if he can believe how high they are, and Eric seems very frightened. <laughs> And now the moon chimes in with some encouragement, singing, You guys are doing great. Yeah, which is Paul Rubens, who you may know as Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you caught that. Yes. <laughs> I was surprised to see him in such a, like a small part in that. Evidently from the DVD commentary, he was surprised as well at what a small part he was given in this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it, he has worked with them before. He was the, uh, the employee at Puddin's which is a, an all-pudding restaurant on Tom Goes to the Mayor. So he's worked with them before. But yeah, they brought him in to be this moon for one small lyric. He was like, really? This is it? <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> so now Eric thanks the moon. They continue singing. Uh, but things are a little different below the clouds. Uh, we cut down to their feet, stepping at street level, really to see nothing but carnage and mayhem. Tim and Eric's feet are just crushing cars, crushing people. We hear screaming and car alarms. <laughs> There's blood and guts everywhere. Uh, buildings are destroyed and on fire. There's even a bus, if you notice in the background, that has oh my gone God. airborne, evidently, and crashed headfirst into a married news team billboard. It's just a horrific scene. Naturally. I mean, with legs that long. <laughs> evidently, their feet are the size of cars now because they grew so big. They're just wreaking havoc on the city below, but above the clouds, it's all la, 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 la. <laughs> Song and dance and sunshine. Ugh. Such a weird ending. From this horrific scene, we cut to the closing credits. That's it. There you and, go. And, uh, of course, these closing credits match the opening title with the, the neon blue grid, the starburst cat head graphics. And, of course, the episode finishes with the production card for Tim and Eric's production company, Absolutely which features a clip of Tim Heidecker's father saying, absolutely, in a family vacation video from 1991. That's the clip they use for this. Huh, how bizarre. <laughs> now, if this looks familiar to you, it's because you may remember it from the end of other shows like Tom Goes to the Mayor, Nathan for You, and I believe Comedy Bang Bang as well. Oh, I definitely do remember it from Nathan for You. Yeah. And for those who want to hear Lily and I talk about Nathan for you, check that out in our archives as well. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So that does it for this episode of Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. So Lily, as someone that has never seen this episode before, what are your thoughts upon watching it for this episode of the podcast? Um, It was very interesting. <laughs> As far as if it's a show that, like, I definitely appreciated the comedy, for sure. Because I love shows that thrive off of that awkward energy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a huge fan of The Office and Parks and Rec. But this was so out there for me. <laughs> I don't know if it, was, it would be something that I would enjoy, like, at my own leisure. Mm -hmm. But it was fun to talk about and... Uh, fun to watch you know it's like one of those things that you watch one time and then you've had enough <laughs> <laughs> i do yeah like uh the star wars holiday special sure <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, it was interesting. But well, what are your thoughts? I'm sure I can guess what they are. Go ahead, guess. I'm sure that you love the show. <laughs> Because you said <laughs> that you're a fan yes. of their comedy. Yeah, I do, I do um, enjoy the show. You know, it they give you so much for 11 minutes. There's got to be like 20 different things going on in this episode. And each episode, for the most part. Once in a while, you get one episode that deals with a very specific theme, where they briefly cut away to some fake commercials or something. There's one episode, I think it's called like Jim and Derek or something, where it's all like a commercial for energy drinks and stuff like that. <laughs> so they'll have some theme episodes, but it's just like an, like I said before, it's very polarizing. So this is going to be a show that either you love or you hate. And sometimes it's an acquired taste. With Tom Goes to the Mayor, when I first saw that, I, I didn't really get it. The animation was so stilted and weird, but as you watch it, you kind of like get past that in your mind and you look to the story and you follow the story rather than focusing on like, it looks weird. And the same thing with this. <laughs> you know, there's... There's so much craziness and this frenetic editing and everything like that. But once you get past that and just watch it for the weird anti-comedy that it is, you can see that this definitely has its brilliant moments. Uh, from here, a lot of people went on to do great things. Like I said, uh, Tim has his own show right now. Eric has done a lot of directing, a lot of music video directing. Uh, Tim and Eric themselves have both directed those uh, crazy Old Spice ads with Terry Crews. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, so if you see a weird type of humor there, you can see exactly why <laughs> it's so weird. And uh, Jonathan Kreisel, I believe, went on to Saturday Night Live, as well as uh, Portlandia. Same with Doug Lusenhop, worked on Portlandia. So you can see a lot of these uh, strange editing styles being used in other shows, and it really all started here. There's also another great segment of this show, reoccurring segment, with uh, Casey and his brother uh, on the Uncle Muscles Hour, which is hosted by Weird Al Yankovic. And it's Tim and Eric as these two brothers, very sad-looking people, <laughs> doing some sort of weird karaoke. And it's really got that worn-out VHS style. And that's another thing that really started with Tim and Eric bringing back this uh, worn-out videotape look to their comedy, so... Yeah, I, I just love this show, and it's kind of long-running, even for Adult Swim, as I mentioned, and it's worth watching on Hulu and DVD. Actually, even if you want to pick it up on DVD, it's really, really cheap. Yeah, and it sounds like it has some commentary. Yeah, there's some commentary tracks on there, too, which is great, because uh, some things definitely need some explaining. <laughs> yeah, or it's just nice to get the background story, like the just the piece of chocolate being wiped on his mouth. That's a very interesting tidbit. Yeah. Yeah, you could see where some things maybe didn't work as planned, and so, okay, they went a different way with it. <laughs> but this has definitely grown to become a cult classic, and if you haven't seen it yet, really give it a shot and see exactly why. And, and it might be one of these shows that you absolutely hate, or it just might be one of these shows you will absolutely love. But, you know, it's about 50-50, really. <laughs> All right, well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, what animal you turn into, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Now, Lily, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, just my Twitter account, where my handle is lilypution22. I talk about video game stuff, so if you're interested in that, follow me there. Very good. I am on Twitter as well. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. 
I'm also on Vine, and there I do flip page cartoons, little humorous animations. My name there is also MC and Friends. If you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. For Android users, we are also available to stream and or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio and the Google Play Music app, so check us out on those platforms. And if you have a Roku device, you can download the TuneIn Radio channel and set Hitting Play as a favorite and stream us right on your television. Well, we have been Lily and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Great job. <laughs>